0: So I'm at the National Conservatism Conference in Orlando, Florida this week. Great conference. Um, and I, I get to my hotel room earlier today, and I kid you not, I fell back onto the bed laughing, literally laughing my head off. This is the funniest thing that I have ever seen, or at least the funniest thing that I've seen in this week, this month, maybe even this year. I was whooping with laughter, laughing my head off, because Ibram X. Kendi, we all, you all remember who Ibram X. Kendi is. He is... Um, the author of how to be an anti-racist, he is, well, the biggest grifter on the face of the earth. He's the one that essentially teaches the principles of critical race theory. He preaches these, he makes millions of dollars being essentially a race baiter, right? Because in his book, he essentially he he purports these principles of critical race theory that all white people have this inherent white privilege, that they have this white guilt, that they some that they owe black people in our country something because of. Um, because of wrongs committed by not necessarily even the ancestors of the white people, just white people a long time ago in our country. I mean, he he basically made the principles of critical race theory mainstream. Ibram X. Kendi did. He said that America is uh, systemically racist, that our institutions are institutions of oppression um, that target minorities. We all We all know who he is. He preaches to corporations. He preaches to universities. He breaks in tons and tons of money for this. This is what he tweeted this week. Are you ready for this? This is a quote. More than a third of white students, he says, lied about their race on college applications. And about half of these applicants lied about being Native American. More than three-fourths of these students who lied about their race were accepted. I mean, I, I have to read that second half again. More than three-fourths of these students who lied about their race were accepted. <laughs> Do you understand this tweet? He deleted this tweet. Iprimex Tendi deleted this tweet, and of course he had to delete this tweet. This is the funniest dang thing that I have ever seen because he is debunking his entire, quote-unquote, life's work in one tweet. The entire premise of how to be an anti-racist is that minorities are still oppressed because America is systemically racist. Our institutions um, somehow disadvantage people of color, minorities. And in this one tweet, he has exposed himself as the biggest freaking grifter on the face of the earth. You cannot make this stuff up. And the funniest part is, is he knows he exposed himself. He knows that he exposed himself as a liar because that's why he deleted the tweet, because what he said in the tweet is true. He was actually quoting an article that had done a study about this when he posted this tweet. Um, so it's not like there was an error or a typo or anything. No, 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 no. The error in posting this tweet was, of course, that he exposed himself as a liar, that this idea that America is systemically racist and discriminates against Black people or brown people because of the color of their skin is bogus. It's completely false, Um, and the study proves it, and he posted this tweet. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. The biggest self-own in the history of self owns goes to Ibram X Kendi, uh, real name Henry Rogers. But Ibram X Kendi, and like I said, I absolutely died of laughter because leave it to the left. Sometimes we, as conservatives, all we have to do to expose the left is be quiet and let them let them keep talking and let them essentially um, uh, ruin their own talking points, expose themselves. We don't even have to counter all of their arguments all the time. Sometimes they'll destroy their own arguments, if we're just we just exercise self control and stay quiet, and that is certainly. That is certainly the case here. More than three-fourths of these students who lied about their race were accepted in a nation that's so inherently racist that people of color and minorities are discriminated against and don't have equal opportunity. The biggest load of BS you ever did see. The most hilarious self-own in the history of self-owns. This has absolutely made my day. I literally cannot think of anything that I've laughed harder about. Um, in oh, quite some let's time. Let's see what's
1: going on on Twitter. Let's. Dave Rubin? In the flesh. Dave, we're filming
0: Liz the show. Wheeler,
1: what are you doing here? What are
0: you doing here? In
1: this random room? In this hotel?
0: <laughs> At NatCon in Florida. This is
1: so bizarre. You're Dave, a real person. I have no air. idea. We're on air right now. We're on now. air right now. Oh, and we're talking well, about
0: Ibram X. Kendi. Well, and, well
1: hello, good people <laughs> of the internet. How are you? <laughs> who are we talking about? What Ibram talking X. Kendi about? and the
0: most hilarious cell phone in the history of cell phones. Is that,
1: is these people...
0: Is that even real life?
1: Nothing's real life anymore. You think any of this is real life? We are officially in Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse. That's it. I this think is I where- can't
0: believe he didn't have a staffer that prevented him from sending this tweet.
1: It's almost as if, and Liz, hear me out. I'm starting to think that that guy is the biggest grifter of all time
0: really I'm starting to
1: think that America is actually here I'll look at the camera because I'm a (laughs) professional I'm starting to think that America is actually the least racist country in the history of the world and the average person is getting fed up with the race hustling grifters like what's his real name isn't his real name like Henry Henry Rogers Rogers or something yeah
0: but here's the question yeah can you make millions and millions of dollars off of that viewpoint
1: Yes, yes, you damn yes, well you can. Meanwhile, <laughs> you got Liz Wheeler sitting in a very, I'd say, average hotel room doing her show, working, working hard for you people to bring the truth while Ibram he's like, you know, laying in a pool of money right yeah, now. Yeah, he
0: tells little children that they're racist, Dave. Yeah. We've we got to do a show. You're you welcome know, to stay for the whole time. Okay. Tell the good people where they can find you.
1: ReubenReport.vogels.com.
0: <laughs> I'm Liz Wheeler. This is the Liz Wheeler Show. Hi, Okay, I kicked Dave out because, well, we have a show to do here. We have some incredible things that I want to talk about today. Just when you think the stories that are coming out of Loudoun County can't get more horrific, well... They do. It's truly shocking. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, I want to talk to you about Public Goods. In fact, this episode is brought to you by Public Goods, the one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality everyday essentials made from clean ingredients at an affordable price. Who doesn't love that? Everything from coffee to toilet paper to shampoo to pet food. Public Goods is your new everything store, thoughtfully designed for the conscious consumer like me. Rather than buying from a bunch of single product brands, Public Goods members can buy all of their goods in one space, they're premium essentials in one place with a beautiful streamlined aesthetic. Public Goods searches the globe to find clean, healthy, eco-friendly, and innovative products. My favorite product, actually, of Public Goods is their chocolate-covered almonds. I take it with me when I travel. It's the perfect snack. It's delicious, and it's easy to take with you. And I worked out an awesome deal just for my listeners. You can receive $15 off your first Public Goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right, they're so confident that you will absolutely love their products and come back again and again and again that they're giving you $15 to spend on on your first purchase. Um, This is a great deal just for you. You have nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com slash Liz or use the promo code Liz, L-I-Z at checkout. That is P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S dot com forward slash Liz to receive $15 off your first order. So just when you think the stories out of Loudoun County, Virginia can't be more horrifying. I mean, what did we have? The school district covering up the rape of a girl because the rape was committed by a boy wearing a skirt in the bathroom. And of course, the school didn't want to talk about this, even though liberals are supposed to be hashtag me too. They're supposed to champion all women. They're supposed to believe all women. They hid this rape, the sexual assault that happened in the bathroom, because it contradicted the transgender ideology. Now, the transgender ideology says, well, it's perfectly safe for biological women to go in gender-neutral bathrooms. Their, their persons, their bodies are not at risk from men who would attack them in the bathrooms under the guise of some kind of gender ideology. That's exactly what happened in Loudoun County. It's horrifying. As a mother, I, I mean, as a woman, as a person, I mean, it's so unfathomable that this happened. Um, I do not blame Scott Smith, the father who went ballistic at the school board, at the Loudoun County School Board. I don't blame him. What father wouldn't go ballistic when they claimed they didn't even know about the sexual assault of his daughter because it contradicted the transgender ideology that they're purporting in their schools? Horrifying. Well, it doesn't just happen. This, This radical leftist, this poisonous ideology isn't just in high schools in Loudoun County. In fact, this has infiltrated the ranks of even the youngest children in this school district. This is a heartbreaking video. A mother whose six-year-old goes to Loudoun County Public Schools said that the six-year-old, her six-year-old came home and asked her just a heart-rending question. And I want you to listen to this for yourself. Take a listen.
2: My children are now in private school and are thriving. We had specifically moved into a out of LCPS due to the swift and uncompromising political agenda of superintendents Williams, Ziegler, and the school board that have forced upon us. First, it was in early spring of 2020 when my six-year-old somberly came to me and asked me if she was born evil because she was a white person, something she learned in a history lesson at school. Then you kept the schools closed for a year and a half despite the science indicating that it was safe for kids to return. And now you've covered up a rape, then arrested, humiliated, and falsely accused her parents of being domestic terrorists. I wish I could return my kids to LCPS. Private school's expensive and I want my kids to be able to walk home from school with their friends in their own community. I refuse to allow you to destroy our schools. They are not your schools, they are our schools. You all should be ashamed and you should have the moral courage to admit you are wrong and step down. Can you
0: imagine your little child, your innocent little child who has not been exposed to the evils of the world? Children aren't racist. Children are are colorblind. Children just see Fellow human beings, they don't care about immutable characteristics. They don't care about the politics of their parents. They don't care about the evils that surround, that swirl throughout our culture. They are good. They are pure. They are innocent. And that's why the left, like predators, targets the minds of children to poison them. Because children's minds are like sponges, and they repeat and see the world as they are taught by adults. This, this topic makes me so angry because it amounts to child abuse, what happened to this little child. Can you imagine your child coming home and asking if they're evil because of the way that they look? The color of their skin? This is critical race theory. This is what Terry McAuliffe claims is not being taught in Virginia schools. And let's be very clear here. Terry McAuliffe is, first of all, a liar, but even if he's not a liar, he is deliberately misleading, deliberately misrepresenting the truth in order to try to convince people to vote for him. And this is what I mean. So if you were to teach critical race theory in school, maybe you would teach it academically, right? You would say, this is critical race theory, and these are the principles of critical race theory. This is how it applies to society. You would teach it in this abstract way, this academic way, and that's what Terry McAuliffe is claiming doesn't happen in Virginia public schools, and maybe that's true. Maybe the teachers don't say what I'm about to teach you is critical race theory, but what they're doing is the Virginia public school system is teaching the principles of critical race theory, which is actually worse, because I wouldn't mind if high school students, certainly college students, but high school students, since we're talking about the public school system, learned the abstract academic theory of critical race theory. Sure, teach it, learn it, that's fine, learn what it is. But the principles of critical race theory are what are being applied to the curricula that is being taught to children. And so it's not, they're not learning the what it is of critical race theory. They are being taught the principles of critical race theory as if those principles are good and right and moral. One is academic learning and the other is indoctrination and brainwashing. And the latter is what's happening in Virginia public schools. The principles of critical race theory, and one of the tenets of critical race theory, of course, is that all white people are inherently racist. By nature of having a certain amount or lack thereof of melanin in their skin, white people are racist because to be a racist, according to what Ibram X. Kendi or Kimberly Crenshaw or any of these purveyors of critical race theory, to be a racist has nothing to do with your intentions. It has nothing to do with what you think Of other people. It has nothing to do with your behavior towards people of color or towards minorities, your policies, the political policies you, you support. It has nothing to do with that. They have redefined the word racism to mean that if you, as a white person, have benefited from white supremacy in the past, and they also redefine white supremacy, but if you have benefited from any of the institutions of our country, which they define as being steeped in white supremacy, then you, by nature, of benefiting from those institutions are also purveying racism and white supremacy. That is why, regardless of whether you disavow racism, whether you treat everyone as God's children, whether you have policies that are race neutral, whether you have no animosity towards other people based solely on the way that they look, you can be a racist. That's why you can't disavow being a racist if you're white. It's why they believe that it's almost a genetic thing, that if you just look a certain way, you benefited from this institution they claim is corrupt and therefore you are a racist. This is the the principles of critical race theory. This is a fundamental tenet of critical race theory that's being taught to six-year-olds now in Loudoun County. And Terry McAuliffe, this bad, bad man, is lying to people about it. He's lying. He's claiming that this isn't taught. And meanwhile, a six-year-old child has now been essentially infected with this poisonous ideology. If that doesn't break your heart, then I almost—I don't even know how to talk to you. This is not a matter of the left versus the right. This is not a matter of conservatives versus Republicans. This is the matter of parents versus evil that's being taught to their children in public schools. That's why we see this uprising in the state of Virginia and all over our country. And, and Terry McAuliffe here is, is to blame because... It's not just a matter of Terry McAuliffe being a Democrat and therefore having to defend what other Democrats are doing by nature of being in the same party. No, no, you cannot divorce Terry McAuliffe from what is happening in the state of Virginia, especially in the Virginia education system, because he has espoused, he has verbally espoused support for each one of these things. I mean, he first of all he said parents are should not be primary stakeholders in their children's education. He said parents shouldn't be able to veto books in the library of their children's schools. He has accepted support from the teachers unions that push critical race theory. He's lied to parents about whether critical race theory is taught in schools. This man is guilty of pushing critical race theory, pushing this evil, pushing this racism, pushing this marxism, pushing this poison into our children's minds. And when parents on both sides of the aisle say, "Well, No offense, it doesn't matter how I voted before, but I don't really want my kid being taught to be a racist or if we're white or if we're black, being taught that I'm oppressed simply because of the color of my skin. Terry McAuliffe is so desperate for votes that he stages a false flag attack. Now, let me just say, did he stage it? Did he plan it? I have no idea. I have no idea. But th- this is what happened. So we've all seen the picture, the photograph of these f- these so-called white supremacists that, were, that posed outside or posed next to in front of Glenn Youngkin's bus. You've seen the picture, right? We've all seen the picture at this point. This was when Glenn Youngkin's bus was in Charlottesville, Virginia, and these people who were supposed to be white supremacists posed in front of the bus and said, we support Glenn. Now, what was the point of this? The point of this was to somehow associate Glenn Youngkin with white supremacy to try to convince these middle ground voters who might not be ideologically left or ideologically right, but know that they don't want critical race theory and transgenderism pushed on their kids in public schools to convince those people that they can't vote for Glenn Youngkin or else they're gonna be guilty of racism and white supremacy and all of of this evil too. So this was the point of this stunt. This was the point of this stunt, but we find out that this wasn't actual white supremacists. This certainly wasn't people on the right that did this. This was staged by the Lincoln Project. The Lincoln Project. And, and here's the thing. So the Lincoln Project was um, how do I even describe this? It's a group of losers and perverts and pedophiles who have lost, who had had previous to the Trump administration already lost credibility. They were so desperate for attention that they decided to abandon all of their principles and become horrible people take part in political activism like that and pretend to be Republicans while trying to blow up the Republican Party. That's the best way that I can summarize who the Lincoln Project is. However, Reuters described this, instead of saying, oh, this seems like a Democrat false flag operation to try to paint Youngkin supporters as white supremacists to alienate middle ground voters, Reuters says that this was staged by anti-Trump Republicans. Okay, Reuters, what policy that the Lincoln Project supports is a Republican policy? What part of the Lincoln Project is Republican? Nothing. Nothing this group of fraudsters supports is Republican. This is so disingenuous. And here's the thing. So the sleuths on Twitter, the sleuths on Twitter um, looked into this a little more closely. And I want to show a little bit of this on the screen. Um, They found, look at the similarities here. Look at the similarities in the photographs between the so-called white supremacists and what appears to be members of the Virginia Democrats. Is this a member of the Virginia Democrats? Well, I don't know, I can't tell for sure, but it looks an awful lot like the same people. It looks an awful lot like Democrat operatives tried to make it seem like Glenn Young and supporters were white supremacists. And McAuliffe's campaign supported this, echoed this, parroted this, look at this. This is McAuliffe's comms director, shocked and horrified that Virginia, uh, Virginia Democratic operatives, or at least people that are doppelgangers of the Virginia Democrats. What is this like a once in a lifetime separated at birth twins if they're not the same people? They're so shocked. They're so horrified that these Virginia Democrats that are pretending to be white supremacists uh, are posing in front of this bus. This whole thing. Here's the thing this is only going to backfire, not just because they were exposed as liars and frauds, because that's distasteful, but we kind of all expect that from politicians. This is going to backfire because one of the worst accusations that any person can can be attacked with in our country is this attack of white supremacy, being accused of being racist, because that's evil. That's so fundamentally evil. You're rejecting another human being based on the way that they look, treating them, demeaning them, dehumanizing them based on the color of their skin. It's so awful. It's so evil. This is, a good commentary on our country that this is the worst insult in our country, right? And so what, is, what this is going to do is this is going to mobilize Republicans who look at themselves and they say, I'm a Republican, but I'm not racist. My family's not racist. My, my coworkers who vote Republican aren't racist. Even Democrats are gonna say, you know, the people that we know who are Republican aren't white supremacists. But because they vote Republican, they are being accused of this heinous, this hideous, this hideous moral crime. And it's going to not just outrage them, it's going to encourage them. It's going to mobilize them. It's going to energize them to make sure that these crazy radical leftists who think they are evil simply because they're Republican do not make it into office. That they do not have charge of the education system in the state of Virginia that is indoctrinating their children to believe that they are evil because they're Republican. This will energize Republicans. I pray to God that it will. I pray to God that it will. There's also some irony here because the actual racial policies that are at play here in the Virginia gubernatorial um, election, or at least during this campaign season, are coming from the McAuliffe campaign in McAuliffe's plans. And we're gonna talk about that in just a second. But first, I wanna talk to you about trust and will. We all know that we need one, right? But most of us, if we're being honest with ourselves, put off creating a trust or a will because it sounds complex, it's expensive, Or perhaps we don't want to face our own mortality. Well, now it doesn't have to be any of these things. At trustandwill.com, setting up an estate plan is simple it's convenient, and it's secure. For as little as $39, you can nominate guardians for your children, you can determine who gets your stuff in the event of your death, and you can plan for future medical care all from the comfort of your own home. That means you no longer have to hire a traditional estate attorney that can cost thousands of dollars, that uses a one-size-fits-all template that's not nearly specialized enough for you. Trust and will documents are designed by estate planning experts and customized for the state you live in. And best of all, they have live customer support seven days a week, so all of your questions are always answered. Answered. Gain peace of mind at trustandwill.com slash Liz and get 10% off plus free shipping of your customized legal documents. Don't wait. Go right now. This is really important. Get 10% off plus free shipping at trustandwill.com slash Liz. Trustandwill.com slash Liz. It's the responsible thing to do. You'll be glad you did it. So one of the ironic parts of um, what appears to be the Virginia Democrats, is it Virginia Democrats? I don't know. Could be, could not be. It looked off it looks awfully similar to Virginia Democrats. It's certainly the Lincoln Project claimed responsibility for this. Um, these so-called white supremacists posing in front of Youngkin's bus. But the ironic part of this is that the Democrat in this race, Terry McAuliffe, he's the one who is purporting actual racist policies. Um, actual race-based policies, I should say. If you look at his education plan, there's one way that in the state of Virginia, parents have power over their children's public school education. Now, Terry McAuliffe obviously opposes school choice because school choice empowers parents to bypass and eradicate liberal indoctrination in the schools by saying, listen, with my child comes my child's money. And so if you are giving my child a poor education or if you are brainwashing my child in liberal indoctrination, I'm not just gonna remove my child from the school, I'm going to remove my child and my child's money from the school. And when enough parents do that, then market forces take over and that school is either forced to adjust what they are teaching to improve themselves or it ends up closing. Um, And of course, so liberals, this is why teachers unions don't support school choice because they are corrupt with liberal ideology and they know that this is the best way to eradicate school choice is the best way to eradicate liberal ideology from the public school system. Well, Terry McAuliffe, um, if you look at his school plan, there's one way that parents in the state of Virginia, even without school choice, have power over their children's education. And that is when you choose what zip code you live in, where you buy your house, what neighborhood you live in, um, you know what school district your house is located in. And parents specifically choose homes in school districts that are known to be better than other school districts. We we all have, we've either done this ourselves or we have friends and, or family who have, specifically not purchased a home or have purchased a home in an area that has either an inferior school district or a superior school district. Well, McAuliffe wants to take even that, that tiny little bit of power away from parents. If you delve into McAuliffe's um, plan for the public school system in the state of Virginia, he has a plan that essentially it's very, very similar to 1970s style busing, where his goal is not to improve the quality of inferior schools, which is what his goal should be. No, no, he's looking at this entirely through the lens of race. He's saying, if there are schools that are primarily made up of black students, or if there are schools that are primarily made up of white students, well, we need to make sure that there's an equitable um, number of people who look a certain way at every school and people who look a certain other way at a different school. So what he's going to do is, even if parents have specifically purchased a home, which by the way, the home value might have been higher based on the fact that it's in a good school district, um, he's going to force some of those students to take a bus a longer way away from home and go to a school uh, in a different area just based on what the students themselves look like. So this has nothing to do with academic quality. It has nothing to do with raising the standards of certain schools. What will actually happen is it'll probably lower the standards of all schools Um, based on what he's doing, but he's looking at students and he's looking at the education system purely through the lens of race. And of course, that is racist to think of someone first and foremost or solely uh, based on the color of their skin and not based on the content of their character, as MLK told us. Uh, He wants to redraw these school boundaries to be what he calls anti-racist. But anti-racist, of course, um, is racist. Because as we know, equality under the law is what we should strive for. Equity Equity is the term that Democrats use, and equity is nothing more than discrimination because in order to be equitable, in order to have equal outcome versus equal opportunity, you have to discriminate against someone. You have to deprive someone of opportunity or right to make sure that they are held back to this equal outcome, equal to everybody else. And in this case, if you are trying to achieve racial equity, it means you actively must discriminate against someone based on the color of their skin in order to achieve equal outcome, and that's horrible. One last thing about McAuliffe. Um, McAuliffe knows how desperate he is, not just because he staged this horrible stunt. You can tell that he knows how uh, how much of a threat, how much of a risk it is that he might lose the state of Virginia. Like I said, God willing, he will, because he hired this sleazy lawyer named Mark Elias. You might recognize this name because Mark Elias was um, involved with the Russia collusion hopes associated with the Hillary Clinton campaign. And McAuliffe reportedly... I don't know if this is true. It could be a rumor. Why else would he hire this sleazy lawyer named Mark Elias unless he intended to challenge the election results should he lose, if and when he loses this election? As I said, I hope he does. Um, But just remember, just remember, if McAuliffe challenges the results of the Virginia election, this is what we as Republicans have been told for a year means that we're fascists, that we're destroying our democracy. Then we want an authoritarian government if we ask for audits and if we ask for policies, election policies, election integrity policies that prevent voter fraud. If we so much as challenge the results of an election where there is chaos, there is mismanagement, there's opportunity for fraud and we wanna make sure that the integrity of every person's vote is intact, we're demonized for this. Yet McAuliffe looks to be teeing up, if he loses, to be challenging this election. simply simply the the hypocrisy of the left will simply knows no bounds. Um, The result of policy from radical leftists is so dangerous that the physical safety of people in the state of Virginia is right now on the line. And I want to talk to you about that in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about Paint Your Life. Paintyourlife.com is just as cool as it sounds. I love it. You literally get to turn your favorite memories into art that lasts forever. We're on the road right now at the National Conservatism Conference in Orlando, so I couldn't bring Sweet Ugly George with me. But if you'll recall in my studio, um, there's a photograph, not a photograph, there's a portrait, a painting of our post-production manager, Victoria's hideous beast, the ugliest dog you have ever seen that she somehow thinks is beautiful. You can do this with any photo, the most meaningful photo of your life. It can be a pet. It can be your child. It can be a sports event. It can be an anniversary. It can be a wedding. Anything that means something to you, you submit to PaintYourLife.com. They have a professional artist paint a painting for you. And I thought when I first saw this, well, this must be expensive. It's not. It's actually very affordable. And the painting comes quickly in as little as two weeks. At PaintYourLife.com, in other words, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded. Funded, guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer, get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word liz to 64000. That's L I Z to 64000. Liz to 64000. 64, it's the most fun, the most meaningful gift to help you celebrate the moments that matter the most. Paint your life. So the people of Virginia, it's not just school children whose safety and a sense of right and wrong is at risk here. We're not just talking about transgender bathroom policy and the safety and security of girls. We're not just talking about six-year-olds who have been indoctrinated to think that they're evil inherently because of the color of their skin. The people of Virginia um, are at physical risk because of threats from ISIS. That's right. It's It's been a long time, actually, since we've talked about threats of ISIS on U.S. soil because the previous administration essentially decapitated ISIS um, in the Middle East, but. Because of Joe Biden's Afghanistan withdrawal, his botched withdrawal, his commitment to this absolutely horrendous way to remove every single U.S. troop from um, Afghanistan to allow the Taliban to take over Kabul, the people in the state of Virginia, the citizens of Virginia, are now facing threats of ISIS attacks, terror attacks at shopping malls in their state. And even the Biden administration, by the way, admits that this is not just something that's happening it's not happening arbitrarily. It is happening due to the withdrawal, due to Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan, due to the fact that he left a power vacuum there. This is John Cohen. John Cohen is the top counterterrorism official at the Department of Homeland Security. He's the head of the Department of Homeland Security's Office of Intelligence and Analysis. And he says, right now, we are seeing a dramatic increase or an increase in online activity by media operations associated with different al-Qaeda elements and Islamic State. Why is that? Why has there been a dramatic increase? Well, you and I know why. It's because when Biden deliberately gave Kabul back to the Taliban, it created a power vacuum, which empowered these terrorist elements, whether it's ISIS-K, whether it's al-Qaeda, to fester. He gave them the opportunity to plot and plan. These these groups are ideologically driven to destroy the United States and destroy the West. Just because we decide that the war is over, the war, and we, by that, I mean the Biden administration, just because the Biden administration decided to stop fighting the war does not mean the war is over because those who wish to kill us are still trying to kill us. This is, this is Colin Cal. He's the under Secretary of Defense for Policy. And he told the Senate this week, he told the Armed Services Committee that ISIS-K and Al-Qaeda have increased their capabilities ever since the withdrawal and that they may soon have the ability to attack us right here in the United States in our homeland. He said, I think the intelligence community currently assesses that both ISIS-K and Al-Qaeda have the intent to conduct external operations, including against the United States, but neither currently has the capability to do so. We could see ISIS-K generate that capability in somewhere between six and 12 months. Remember what else the Biden administration and officials from his administration told us would happen in maybe six to 12 months? They told us maybe the Taliban would be able to take over Kabul in six to 12 months. And how soon did it happen? One week. One week later, Kabul fell to the Taliban. So forgive me if I take this assessment from Biden administration officials that say, oh, ISIS could possibly attack us here in our homeland in, I don't know, six or 12 months. And I just move the calendar marker on my calendar reminders to one week because what are we seeing right now? We're seeing in the state of Virginia, ISIS threats in shopping malls. They are threatening to kill Americans. They're ideologically driven to kill us. And it's not just something that's happening arbitrarily. We're facing this in our nation because Joe Biden left a power vacuum in Afghanistan, just like he did in Iraq, just like he under the Obama administration did in Iraq. And we, the citizens of the United States are a threat in the state of Virginia, Citizens in the state of Virginia are at risk. So the Supreme Court this week um, voted in a 6-3 vote to reject a challenge to the state of Maine. The state of Maine, the governor in the state of Maine is named Janet Mills. She's known up there as General Mills because she's just that horrid of a person. She's so horrendous and all her policies are. She issued a mandate requiring healthcare workers to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. And she just dictated along with this mandate that, Healthcare workers are not allowed to request accommodation for religious um, religious beliefs. They're they're not allowed to request religious exemption of COVID nineteen um, vaccine. I, I I actually don't understand the legality of this. I don't understand how this isn't even something that came through the legislature. But how can a governor of a state, by decree, just take away the right of citizens based on what job they have chosen to do to exercise their religious beliefs in the workplace? I do not understand this. I do not understand this. And the six to three vote in the Supreme Court is very disappointing. But there's a common thought right now that the Supreme Court belongs to conservatives. And I don't quite see it that way. I see it as being divided in three ways. We have the liberal justices, of course. And then we have these six justices who should be conservatives, but they're actually divided into two factions of three. One that places the Constitution at the highest level, which is the supreme, that's the supreme law of the land. They should be placing the Constitution at the highest. This is Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch. But then we have these other three justices. We have Roberts, we have Amy Coney Barrett, and we have Kavanaugh, who seem to place politics and precedent on a higher pedestal than they do the Constitution. This is wrong. So, um, Amy Coney Barrett and Kavanaugh voted against the healthcare workers. They voted essentially in favor of General Mills' mandate, her dictate, her decree that says that you may not request religious exemption. And um, this is very disappointing because look at look at that vote, six to three, six to three. If those two justices, Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett, if they had voted correctly, then the healthcare workers in Maine would be allowed to practice their religion. I, I Like I said, I don't understand the legality of this. I don't understand how the Supreme Court can uphold a dictate that takes away the First Amendment right- for free exercise of religion from these healthcare workers, I don't understand the legality of it. Like I said, I'm at the National Conservatism Conference here in Orlando, Florida, and uh, Newsweek editor Josh Hammer. He's one of my good friends. He's a constitutional lawyer, brilliant mind. He is um, also at this conference. I'm going to hunt him down. I plan to hunt him down at this conference um, and invite him very and invite him to analyze this from a legal perspective because I'm very interested in the legality of this. Because it seems to me, if you don't have the right, at least to request exemption. For your religious, your sincerely held religious beliefs, then is your First Amendment right to free exercise of religion actually a real thing, or is it not? We will stay tuned for that. Also, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, um, hashtag Poopgate was trending. Yes, very crude, very rude. Um, I debated with myself for a moment before I clicked on this. My thumb was hovering over my Twitter feed, but obviously curiosity killed the cat, so it got the better of me. This is one of this is not quite as funny as the Ibram X. Kendi self own. At the that we talked about at the beginning of the show. But this is one of the funniest things that I've seen. So Joe Biden had an audience with the Pope at the Vatican. And before this happened, they announced that they would live stream this so we could all see and potentially hear what the conversation was between Biden and the Pope. At the last second, they canceled the live stream. They did not let us see this audience. They closed this to the media. And as a response, I have no idea from where this originated. I have no idea who made this up. It's obviously a conspiracy theory, and it is an absolute hoot. There's no evidence to support this. But Uh, The conspiracy theory says that the reason the media was excluded from this event, the reason that the Vatican canceled it was because uh, Joe Biden pooped his pants. Yes, that the president of the United States soiled himself. Obviously, there is no evidence for this. This clearly didn't happen. This is crude, rude, and socially unacceptable. And again, I laugh my head off at this because what a hilarious tactic. What a hilarious tactic to enact, well, essentially revenge, I guess, right? They're getting back at those who closed off the event to the media. What a hilarious revenge tactic to say, okay, If you're not going to let us see, if you're not going to be transparent, if you're not going to broadcast this, then we're going to start a crude and obviously ridiculously absurd false rumor um, to get back to you. I thought this was extremely funny, super funny, Um, but that is why hashtag poopgate has been trending all over Twitter for the past couple days. All right, we are out of time for today. We will be back tomorrow. Um, In the meantime, make sure that you are subscribed. Uh, as a VIP on Locals, com slash Locals because there's a lot of great behind-the-scenes stuff that's happening here at NatCon. Uh, I've been talking with a lot of great people and trying to give everyone an inside glimpse into all the filming and all the fun that we're having here. So com slash Locals. If you're not subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts, please do that as well. Um, Give us a five-star rating and a glowing review. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay, executive producer Chad Abbott, director of photography Kevin McRoberts, editor Alejandro Figuerella, assistant editor Michael Wall, sound mixer Robin Fenderson, post-production manager Victoria Metzel, director of marketing Emily Washler, production and talent coordinator Matt Toffler, and senior publicist Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront production.